So both you and I have a love of learning, a love of lifelong learning. And between your serial hobbyistness and my love of diving into nonfiction books, we are both hooked. So today we're going to talk about learning new things. Let's go. Let's do it. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Tell me what it is, Jen. Dr. Ryu, it is a little bit of citrus. It has got the sweet and sour. I can't even pronounce most of the things that are in this, to be honest, but it's so delightful. It's kind of complex. It's um, things... It's got- yeah, it's got some curacao in it and some rum and some syrup and some lemon juice. And I just promise you need to go check out the uh, recipe on our website. Yeah, and let us know if you can pronounce the other ingredients. It's really, really good. But it's got one of those little sugary rims, which always is delightful and feels very fancy. Oh, gosh, <laughs> learning new things like how to pronounce all these fancy drinks. Right. You know, when you talk about lifelong learning, it, it takes on a lot of... It can take out a lot of meanings for different people. So what does learning look like to you? What is it? What is it not? Yeah. Well, we talked about this a little bit um, when we were prepping for the episode. It is not going to Google to solve your problem today. Right. You know, we all, we we are very lucky that we we live in an, in an information age where, where everything we would ever need to know is, is at our fingertips and we can get it in a few seconds, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But that also makes us a little lazy sometimes. Right. Do we have to learn? Because we can just look it up later. But that's not learning. No, that's research. That's research. Yep. It, it re- and that's research with a tiny little R. That's barely research. Right. Right. That's yeah. just looking up answers. Maybe we should do a topic sometime about what research really is because that word kind of gets abused. I wonder if there's a word for just Googling your answer. Dr. Google. Dr. Google. <laughs> Dr. Ryu. Oh, no, I'm dying. <laughs> I Googled what I have. That's funny. No, I, I think that that learning is is adding deeply, deeply to your knowledge base. And, and for me, that can happen in two different ways. It can happen within your industry or whatever it is that you do for a living. Mm-hmm. And it can happen in some totally unrelated or um, sort of tangential space, sure. which I think is exciting too. And I think both are important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're important for different reasons. Um, I think you... I think it's very obvious if you're learning inside of your industry, you're just deepening your knowledge, you're deepening your ability to connect with the services that you're able to provide or that you want to provide. Um, But I don't know. I think learning outside of your industry is just as important, maybe more in some cases, because on a daily basis inside of your industry, you're already practicing your skill set. You're already, by virtue of participating in your industry, you're learning. Um, but I think outside of your industry, it's just as important. It is. And in fact, um, we recently, one of my designers and I recently went to a conference, well, a seminar, and it was a one-day seminar by a statistician out of Yale, which sounded very fancy, and talking about information um, distribution and organization and communication, which is, from his point of view, he was talking about this in, in maybe medical and scientific terms. But for our industry, it was really interesting because everyone wants an infographic. And how do you communicate information in a way that is suitable and um, useful? And so we. And still true. And still true, right? right? And it was such a mind bending day because in parts of it, we were definitely out of our depth. Mm -hmm. But it, it really opened up how we think about our own industry. So that was exciting. You know, I felt. Like we were really, truly learning. And of course, 
I went with my designer, who will put this to use right away. Sure. I won't put it to use in the same way, but at least we have now the same vocabulary. Yeah, absolutely. So it felt like a really good day of learning, a little bit out of my depth, which I'm not used to, mm-hmm. but that's a really good place to be. Well, so I really like that example because it, it did force you to see that different point of view, and it'll allow you, even though you may not put it to use right away, the way that your designer will, You'll have these aha moments, I think, in meetings with clients in the near future where you're making those connections that you weren't able to make before. Sure. And it's 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 forcing us to rethink our assumptions that we've been comfortable with for a moment. Mm-hmm. And so and and rethinking how how we would explain that to a client or how that would serve the end user. So it's always a good time. There's a lot of good reasons to keep on learning. You know, we our our team uh, this last summer, even really for the last six months, we've been working on a short film. And um, even though that's inside of our industry, that's not certainly in our day-to-day wheelhouse. And so the functions of what we brought to the table, what we were doing on location, how we talked about editorial or color or music, that's all vernacular we really, really have. But not all of us were operating in our typical everyday roles and the way that we were contributing, we slowed the process way down compared to what we are typically afforded on a client project. And so we really had the opportunity to explore and try and just spend time saying like, oh, well, we'll we'll try it again this way. And if we don't use it, that's fine, which would on a client project look very wasteful. Um, But it, it really allowed us to have deep conversations about character and time and narrative and music in a way that I think we are all feeling our souls completely rejuvenated and mm-hmm. completely fulfilled right now. It's been very fun. Which is a great example of doing something within your industry, but doing it in a different way so that you can learn further and kind of expand your expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can't wait to see that film. <laughs> yeah. So when it when it comes to learning, there's there's just lots of good reasons. And so we're going to kind of go through a few of them. And Karen, you... You said you thought there were some good physical reasons for for learning. Okay, so you know I love my research. I love to dig in and find my my data. Um, but and I think this is not a little known fact. I think people pretty much understand that you know if you're continuously learning, you're exercising your brain, you're developing that white matter in your brain that's dense and juicy that allows you actually just like any other muscle that you're working that muscle. And so it's more efficient as you work it in the future, which is why a lot of times as people age, they recommend daily crossword puzzles or Sudoku so that your brain is actually kind of getting that stimuli and able to kind of continue, you know, you use it or lose it, right? That's true. And I think forcing yourself to do something simple like memorization or understand a new concept, uh, let's be honest, the older you get, the more intention you need to put behind that effort and that kind of intention and asking asking that of yourself it's good exercise it's like um lifting an extra 10 pounds right you have to work a little harder it builds the muscle and it's just that simple so why not do it yeah my son actually just asked if he could start learning spanish and at first i was like yeah sure watch some youtube videos but he actually really came back to me and said no it's not i'm not finding what i want i want 
I really want to learn Spanish. So I got him some Rosetta Stone. And so, but he and I have been learning together and it's been really, really fun because I, I took French in high school and college. I didn't take Spanish. So interesting. Yeah. So which of you is learning faster or are you yeah. learning differently? Well, we're for sure learning differently. I think I have a little leg up in that I already have six years of a romance language, right? I'm not conversational anymore like I once was, but the verbs translate so easily um, between Spanish and French. But he is learning much more quickly in speed. Interesting. His retention's better. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's going to be, it's going to serve him really well as he ages, though. Yeah. I think it was a pretty smart, he's a smart kid. He is a smart kid. Yeah. But like that's sport for him. <laughs> I want to learn a language. <laughs> I wonder why he chose it. Do you know why? I don't. I don't. I'll ask him. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so there's there's a, a million reasons why you would want to kind of just like we need to go and make sure that we're taking care of our bodies, we need to make sure that we're exercising our brain. So that, that that's a really good reason. But there are emotional reasons, certainly, to embrace lifelong learning. Um, I always feel a sense of accomplishment when I've learned something new. Um, another example that my child wanted to learn how to knit, and so I had kind of forgotten how to knit. So I quickly watched a YouTube video and retaught him the things that I hadn't learned. So I, I was felt very accomplished that I had remembered. Remembered how to do it? How to do it, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I, I find um, learning something new brings that delight and excitement, which feels very much like being a small child. Mm-hmm. When you, the, the feeling of discovery and the aha connection and wanting to share it with someone else, even if it's something they already know, when that light bulb goes on, you really can get that sense of magic that you used to get out of it when you were young. And it, it gives you a moment to realize that the world is such a big place and there's so much knowledge in it. And there, and in some ways, it, it makes you feel small because the universe is so large. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to get that kind of reminder. It sort of sets you in space and lets you know that there are so many infinite possibilities. And that part of it, I think, is exciting. And I think on the same along that same line, there are infinite ways to solve problems. Uh, infinite correct ways to solve problems. And so when you're learning new things and making those new connections, it, it really does give you the opportunity to not only feel that sense of accomplishment, but to have those aha moments that are so rewarding. And I think if you do it with somebody, whether that's learning Spanish or going out and taking a class with a with a friend, um, you're deepening relationships too. That's true. You are. And, you know, in my serial hobby days when I was learning um, pottery and I was, you know, sitting with 12 other people who are learning it at the same time. So we're going through those moments together and the physical nature of it, of touching it Mm -hmm. and the balance, which I was terrible at. And then the creative nature of inventing what it might look like. So there's just everything gets mixed up between the science of it and the skill and the imagination and sharing that knowledge with someone else. It just brings a lot of joy. And and when you look back, you know, I've got a couple of pieces and they're not spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> um, but pieces I look back at and I still feel great every time I look at that artifact because I learned something new and I accomplished something by myself. And, and that brings a nice feeling to it, to the world. I, I agree. I had the same experience in pottery. They were they were very average, but they felt very good to complete. And yeah. and the and the excitement of going through the process of putting it in the kiln and glazing and just crossing your fingers that this thing still exists at the end of that process. Right. <laughs> really exciting. So does that mean that learning doesn't necessarily mean you have to become excellent at it or become an expert at it? Because the process is part of the gift, right? Or even succeed. Right. I mean, that that's something that we would say to our kids, right? That, that trying to learn the new thing doesn't mean that you actually even succeed. I mean, that's, it's a continuum. 
So the process of it is almost more important than the result? I think so. I think so, especially when you're trying to lay foundations for things. True. That makes sense. Because it requires critical thinking. It requires a little bit of a leap of faith. It requires getting outside of your comfort zone. Maybe some uh, grace for yourself. Maybe some forgiveness or patience. Right. And um, it's quite humbling to understand that someone else might be smarter or better than you. And especially for people who have kind of reached a good point in their career, who feel very accomplished and who feel pretty in control. It's not bad to be humbled once in a while. Absolutely. Like I am not a baker. Please don't ask me to make make sweet things that where I have to measure. Please. <laughs> I'm very humbled every time I try to accomplish a cookie or a cake for real. I'll bet no matter how bad it turns out, it probably tastes delicious though. Yeah. We had some really flat, ugly gingerbread men one year for Christmas. That's funny. <laughs> My mother, when but I was- But we still a, ate them. Of course you did. And you decorated them and they were great. We sure did. My mother used to want to make fudge. She loves chocolate and she loves fudge and she was terrible at it. So my whole childhood was spent with her trying and failing at fudge. And it turned out everything from rock hard that you'd have to sort of dissolve it in order to eat it or grind it or grate it like you would a hard cheese to um, syrup. And I just have really fond memories of her trying again and again and again. And for whatever reason, never quite getting it right. But at the end, we always had some interesting product to laugh about. And it was good times. Maybe that's part of where you got your fortitude. Maybe. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I can do the baking, but candy making, no way, because the temperature is the, the catch on that one, getting it's it just right. Precise. Absolutely. So I think there's, and speaking of like making things that are edible, there are practical reasons why we would learn new things. And maybe it's outside of the realm of food or crafting. Um I think we've talked about it already, but creativity is part of making those connections. Um, whether we are working in a creative field or not, we are solving problems using creativity. And that is that process, like you said at the beginning, of kind of having those aha moments and making connections with new information that you weren't able to make prior to that new knowledge. Sure. And knowledge is coming so fast and change is happening so fast in our society. Mm -hmm. New industries need to be accepted. New ways of thinking need to be acknowledged. If you're not learning new things, you are not even, it's almost like you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not operating with the most available tools. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'd like to see thinking through how I do my job now is incredibly different than how I would have done it five years ago or, God forbid, 20 years ago. So if you're not learning something new, you, what are you doing? Well, and I, I th it's an excellent point. And we've even done um, a whole podcast on being relevant. And so I think in order to – and I'm positive that we mentioned in that in that episode – we talked about learning and to stay relevant, you have to continue to sharpen those skills. And of course, that makes the assumption that you started to be you, you started at a baseline of relevance, right? <laughs> but to continue to stay relevant, that's that learning. It's always making sure that you're bringing that value to the table. And if it's not that, then it's learning something that maybe will translate into your next gig, your next client project, your next job, um, that next career move. Because you never know, you might learn something that you're really damn good at. I mean, think of all the people who have opened microbreweries who were never brewers before right. then. They just realized that they had an impeccable skill and a passion for something. Which is a good place to be. Yeah. Really. I mean, and let's, let's just hope that everybody who listens to this podcast has some sort of passion, some sort of level of curiosity. If you don't have curiosity, you're probably not listening to 
podcasts, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and some sort of ability to make connections and want to learn or grow or change or be exposed to new ideas. So it doesn't matter if it's within your industry or outside of your industry. It matters that you're curious mm-hmm. and you're open to acknowledging there might be a better or new or interesting way to do something. Yeah. And that doesn't have to translate into a new job or a new entrepreneurial adventure. It could just translate into something that brings you a whole hell of a lot of joy. Yeah. And that's worth it too. That is worth it too. Who do you learn from? Oh, man. Where do you go to learn new things other than Google? I have to tell you, so much of my learning especially in the last five years, have come from my kids asking questions, asking questions that I don't know the answers to, obscure facts that they're interested in. So we go to the library and find the book about it and dig in. Um, Or the questions that they ask that are truly based in philosophical places where maybe I haven't connected myself to really what is my value or my position on a certain topic. And so it requires me to do some soul searching I honestly can say that the most consistent teacher I have in my life right now are my kids. That's kind of nice. I'll take that. I mean, and certainly my team. My team pushes on me really hard, and and especially in the last two years when we've gone through two and a half years when we've gone through a rebranding effort. You know, when they when my team asks me why, I ought to have an answer to the question why. And if I don't have an answer to the question why, then I better reevaluate my position on something or why why a decision was made to go in a direction in the first place. Well, the thing that I like about both of those examples is providing a defense for the answer. You know, the answer to why or the answer to how does that work and getting beyond that parenting answer that we've all thrown out there at least one time, which is, well, just because right? or I don't know, and getting, getting past it to understand really deeply what makes something tick, why is the world the way it is, it always makes you rethink your position and critically look at your place in the world. And so I think that learning like that can be really, really intrinsically valuable. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's my job on a daily basis to be curious for my on my client's behalf. I have to figure out how things work. I have to understand how people work. And so it's really about me bringing that to the other places in my life and being open to look at something under a microscope in the same way. Yeah, that's true. So what are you going to learn next? I don't know. I was going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> oh, shuck. shucks. We're on the spot. <laughs> I would love to find something. I would like to throw it out to our listeners. I want to find out what people are going to charge themselves with. What's the thing? Again, you don't have to become an expert at it, but what do you want to get your hands dirty with? Or what do you want to steep yourself in, even if it's for a full afternoon at the library or an experience that you go participate in? What is it that you want to do? That's a good one. I can't wait to hear what people have to say. Where do you want to hear from people, Jen? Well, probably, you know, a good place. DM us on Instagram is fantastic or on our Facebook page. That would be fantastic to hear from you. And in the meantime, I also want to hear from you if you've tried this wonderful Dr. Ryu because we really like it. That sugared rim, it just went away too fast for me. It really did. And it's a it's a little bit complicated of a recipe. It's got more um, ingredients than some of our recipes, but I'd urge you to try it and um, learn how to make this new drink, Yeah, of course, and um, make it for somebody who would enjoy it and figure out how to pronounce all these, all these little ingredients. My goodness. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you liked it, share it with a friend. 
So I want to know, Jen, what we're talking about next time. Do you know that feeling in your stomach when you are a little excited and a little afraid and you really don't know what's going to happen next? Yes, super uncomfortable, but also kind of thrilling. It tends to happen when something big is coming. Yes, it does. So next time we're going to talk about making a big change. How big, when, and how. Ooh, join us. 